This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. This is Kelly and Ramia on AMI. And yesterday we were telling you about this dream big contest. The dream part is very important here. It runs until February 8th, 2023. So you've got tons of time to uh, go check out the rules and enter for your chance to win. Now, what do you win, you ask? You win a Temper Pro Adaptive Mattress, okay? And Tempur-Pedic mattresses are designed with one-of-a-kind temper material to precisely adapt to your weight your shape, and your temperature, offering unmatched comfort and support. For complete rules and how to enter, you can go to ami.ca slash krcontest. So that's www.ami.ca slash krcontest. And you have until February 8th to find out if you're lucky enough to get this Tempur-Pedic mattress. I think it's amazing that we had um, our guest yesterday talking about the temperature specifically you know how it cools you down how it warms you up depending on how you're feeling and what you need based on your room temperature and that is fantastic so check it out ami.ca slash kr contest kelly good luck folks we can't well also no no we can't I'm, i'm trying to figure out how many how much of a distance in family you have to be, you know, before affected. So all your family members aren't saying, what do you mean? Well, you can't enter either because you're related to Ramya. Yeah. I also want to mention, Ramya, that I'm here, of course, in London, Ontario. Behind me um, is uh, the CN Tower over my left shoulder and the skyline of Toronto in a grayish uh, tint. So that's uh, what's behind me for those wondering. And I'm just sitting at a little table here in my office chair, raring to go as we uh, begin the second hour. Would mm-hmm. you share with people what your background is? and what your surroundings are over there in Toronto? Absolutely. So I am at the physical set here in Toronto at AMI headquarters, and I'm sitting behind a white oblong desk. It's in the shape of a very long surfboard. And behind me is uh, the whole set. Well, part of it is the curtain with the Toronto skyline on it, and then there are also some physical tall lit pillars in purple and white because those are the Kelly and Romeo colors. So that's where we are. Okay, so we have back on our friend Grant Hardy. He's a reporter in uh, Vancouver, and we're going to talk about something really curious and interesting to me. In our ultra-visual world, a picture we know is worth a thousand words for every vacation or friendship or romance or celebration. People snap photos everywhere to document their journeys through life, Kels. But as I said, Grant Hardy is here to talk because he wants us to know about the way that he documents these nostalgic moments for him. He likes to keep track of his past experiences, and he does this in an accessible way for him. Grant, welcome to Kelly and Remy. It's so nice to have you on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, congratulations on the launch to TV. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I know we've been talking with you uh, over the last several weeks as we test, but I wanted to tell listeners that you will be on regularly, if not with the extra segments that we have with you like today. We will have you on Wednesdays and Fridays to talk uh, headlines that includes health and lifestyle and anything else making trends and cut for time on Fridays as we wrap up the show for the week. So looking forward to having many, many talks with you. Yeah, I'm just going to have to remember because, you know, I'm sitting here with my headphones on and chatting with you guys. This literally feels to me like we're still just on audio. Yeah. But now I'm going to have to remember 
not to do anything too cringy yeah that i don't want going out into the tv because yeah. this well, is you're totally uh... different now ex-ATW guy, AMI This Week fellow, so, I mean, we know, you know a lot of that, <clears throat> the do's and don'ts of TV. Ah, but you see, I had one thing that you guys don't have. I had a redo button. Uh -huh. I was just going to say, <laughs> they can, you could have simply take cut, let's take that again. <laughs> 22. Definitely. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. But it's okay. You'll get used to it. But just, you know, if you're yawning because Kelly and I are saying something boring, we'll find out about it. That's all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, don't put that oh, out on uh, Instagram. You didn't hear that. <laughs> That'll be the Instagram 10-second yeah. thing they put out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of practice still needed on that one. But, hey, so talking about accessible journeying, can we skip it back a step and talk about why you journal to begin with? Uh, well, honestly, to keep track of memories, thing, those moments that uh, I never want to forget, that would be one purpose, kind of like my equivalent of taking uh, photos, you know, people who are either uh, no longer with us or not close geographically, or I just don't talk to uh, very often. It's nice to be able to capture a bit of a memory of them. Also, because I'm just a very nostalgic person, and I tend to... Uh, I don't know, actually, I was going to say feed on a healthy diet of looking back at the past, but maybe looking back at the past <laughs> isn't always the healthiest. But I do enjoy, uh, you know, kind of looking back at, at my life and it helps me reflect a bit on things. So I guess I'm a nostalgic, reflective kind of person, maybe a little too much sometimes. I had a friend that, you know, if you ask them, how come you tend to walk around with this little tape recorder and so many cassette tapes? And they made that same point you did, that this is my way of keeping those memories from this event. I, I record it all, uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> and they didn't mean if you yes. don't mind in a snarky way. They meant, you know, ho hopefully you don't mind me, me capturing these moments this way. But that's a long time ago. Cassette tapes, real long time ago. What apps today do you use to journal okay. with? So for my text journals, I, I literally just keep my journal in like a Word or a Pages document, mm -hmm. keep it in my cloud drive. I, any organization scheme that you want is fine. My personal one is I have a folder for every year, and then I just name the document like 0109 for January 9th or whatever, uh, and just document there. Uh, for my audio recordings, I have tried a standalone digital recorder, but honestly, the phone is just so convenient for that. Mm -hmm. But you really, you can use any app, but the one that I've gone with, it's called Just Press Record. And uh, you can download that from the App Store, and it uh, saves your recordings right to your cloud drive. I can keep them alongside my text recordings. Why that one, Grant? Just press record. Uh, so it has a couple of interesting features. Uh, it does transcribe your recordings, not 100% accurately, but uh, reasonably accurately if you want to go search for a keyword. But the more important thing is a lot of apps for the iPhone don't record in very high quality. It's all set automatically. You don't have any control over the parameters, and it records just one track but just press record actually records in stereo which mm. means that you have some separation between the left and right channels you can crank up the audio quality if you want uh, and i really find that that gives me 
a sense of what environment I'm in, kind of the closest that I can get to looking at a picture because, you know, honestly recording like in a hotel versus at the beach versus in your your, your bedroom at home, where, wherever you are, it, it gives you the best uh, sense of your environment. Wow. Put those headsets on, you feel like you're reliving and returning <laughs> to it. Um, so that makes me ask you, which ones for you are the recordings that you find most interesting to listen back to? Yeah, I'll give you uh, both for recordings and for text. And they're, they're really two. There are patterns and memories. So memories mm. are the easy ones. I was just talking about this earlier. Right. Uh, you know, you're your vacation that you went on last year with your partner, your friend, uh, getting that recording where you're floating down a channel or you're on a wine tour or wherever you are to just say, hey, this is where we are. This is what we're doing. Uh, can get you through a cold winter night remembering about <laughs> your past vacation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> patterns are an interesting one for me because I find that it's an interesting way of uh, using journals to move forward. So if you have a pattern, of, for example, like worrying about certain things or certain problems keep coming up and maybe you figure out how you uh, resolve those problems uh, or just certain things that you didn't think you would enjoy that you ended up enjoying whatever it is it's an interesting way to like go back and be like hey this thing that i worried about for so long actually wasn't that bad after all mm -hmm. uh so for me i think everyone is gonna differ uh but but patterns are really a thing for me and also just those those normal things too those normal days where you're just doing everyday things it's kind of fun to reflect like oh this is what my life was you know 10 years ago when i was in college i know i'm interested in, uh that you use the word patterns to describe this mm -hmm. right to Me kind too. of be like oh you know i've been <laughs> i've been harking about this for years and maybe mm. it's time to move along but it's true because you're really writing down especially if you're doing you know feeling journaling or a stream of consciousness is you're really writing down what how you're feeling at the moment, right? And uh, going over that and reflecting later is, it can be very, very powerful. Uh, yeah, that's the idea. It definitely can be for, for me. Again, I know everybody is uh, different, but like, uh, you know, as someone who deals with uh, some anxiety uh, and some uh, some worries, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it's kind of a neat way for me to look back and be like, oh, this this actually was not bad. How can I take this kind of lesson yeah. forward? Or even the opposite, mm -hmm. right? Like that was a very difficult time in my life and life and I was able to uh, go over it, you know, and, and come over that hump. It, last question. Do you take photos as well, Grant? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm just going to say this. I think everybody who can should take photos uh if you can get something like ira to snap them for you or a friend or family member or just do your best uh they can be kind of cool too you never know maybe one day i'll be able to see them uh but also things like the live photos the photos with uh, motion where you press and hold and it it moves there's actually some audio that comes along with that too uh it's a really fun Thing to go through with friends and family as well uh, to see those photos that you can label and tag them uh, 
as well so that you're looking back and you can see what the photos are. And also, it sounds a little bit silly, but I do find some of the artificial intelligence features where you get people detection, yep. face detection objects. You know what? Like, is it the same? Absolutely not. But it does give you a little bit of a sense of what your photo album yeah. is all about. It definitely does. And if you're terrible like me at organizing photos, just uh, all the kind of AI support that you get, at least from Apple, just type in dog and everything that they think <laughs> there's a dog in will come up. So amazing. Grant, thank you. This is very thank insightful. You. Reporter Grant Hardy joining us from Vancouver and talking about how he journals in an accessible way. Take notes. After the break, we're talking to Bella Strange about makeup tips and skincare. We'll be back on Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. You can catch The Pulse, which is a great show on AMI-audio, as well as available available on YouTube as a video podcast. This Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific on AMI-audio, Joita Gupta, your host, talks about the Holland Bloorview Online Disability and Sexuality Hub with Dr. Amy McPherson and artist Wesley McGee-Saxton. Okay, that's this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific on AMI-audio with Joita Gupta. And like I said, available on your YouTube channels. Check out The Pulse or go to your podcast platform as well. I'm Ramia Amuthan, joining you from Toronto. Kelly McDonald joining us from London, Ontario. On the second Tuesday of the month, ladies and gentlemen, Bella Strange joins us with accessible makeup tips and tutorials. Bella, welcome. Nice to have you back to the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how long do we still have to say Happy New Year? I'm probably still going to be saying it in April, aren't I? At least till the end of June. At least. Yeah, I, I always try to figure what the, um, and of course, it would change every <clears throat> new year, what the ruling is on it, right? And, and I don't know what it is. So I think we try to carry it out to at least we talk to each contributor. Yep. Or maybe after the 20th, you start saying, because, you know, people are going to say, how long are you going to say that for? Uh, <laughs> but, Bella, with it being a brand new year, and it kind of segues into it, should we be trying out a brand new look? I think absolutely. But I'm one of those people who's like, if you're having a bad day, start over again. Just It's the new season of your TV show of a life. Yes. Do a new look, new costume change, all of it. <laughs> I love that. But somebody that it does make yep. you feel good though, doesn't <laughs> it though? Like when you think about it, it a lot of time it makes whether it if you're a clothes person, whether if you're, you know, adding a just a different look in whatever way, it, it can really change a person's mood, especially if you're going through a, a, a bad period. Yeah, of course. I mean there's lots of reasons why, you know, after a breakup I chop all my hair off, you know? What a, it just happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's coincidental. But the great thing about it being a new year and new me kind of feel is that you don't have to run out to the drugstore or to your luxury high-end places that you go or to your local warlock to get, you know, a potion. You can look inside of your house at what you already have and do something called shopping your stash. 
which is looking at what you already have and seeing maybe if there's a way to use it in a new look or in a new way. So can we talk about that? Um, mm -hmm. What what should we be looking for? Like what, what in our house, because I'm thinking of purging. When you say look around your house, I'm like, yeah, what do I throw away? But you're talking <laughs> about repurposing. Well, another great thing is if... You should always check the expiry dates on certain things. Yeah. Like mascara, you're technically supposed to throw away every three months Get because, out. you know, eye health, it's very, very important. Um, but things like certain powders, as long as moisture has not gotten to it, you, you can keep those for a lot longer than you probably think. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Wow. Uh, yeah. But, I wonder how many people know, even think about it, you know, shelf life. Yeah, and the great thing is, is there's websites out there that if you uh, put in the information on the barcode, I believe it is, on whatever product you have, it'll tell you when it was made, like the day it was made or the batch it was made, and how long you have until it'll expire. Mm. Or if it's already expired, because uh, God knows there's been so many times where I've taken a lipstick and been like, I've had this since the eighth grade. Probably throw this out. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> Might do a study on that and see what really goes wrong. Okay. Yeah. So if we're going to do that, kind of look around, what are some ways to multi-use a product? One of the things I love to multi-use is eyeshadows because we know there's eyeshadows for every color, every finish, every texture. They don't just have to go on your eyes. I've used eyeshadows for a highlighter. Like there's great like champagne-y shimmery shades. Try them as a highlighter. Try them on the high points of your cheekbones. Try them on your eyes, obviously, but like the high points up where most people have eyebrows. I don't actually have eyebrows. I know it's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> you can use them on your nose. And then you can also take those more warm reds, pinks, and try them as blush. You don't have to run out and buy a whole new blush. You can try out that eyeshadow. See if you like that color. If you do, you could always go out and get a blush later, but you got one right there. I feel like I'm always the one here uh, talking about consistency, but I got to ask. So eyeshadows, bring me up to speed here, because the last time I touched an eyeshadow, it was like kind of powdery, right? Like it's, it's powder that is, um, it's not loose, but it's powdery still. So you got to use some of these brushes. Yeah. Does it have to be that way, first of all? And secondly, you know, do you want to take us through like what kind of consistencies there are and how we could use them in these other ways on your face? Of course. So uh, pressed eyeshadows are usually uh, mica, talc, and those eyeshadow pigments pressed really, really, really hard with a binding agent, which is usually something, you know, like glycerin, any sort of liquid. Alcohol is used a lot. Uh, to press it and keep it together and bind it. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll find that certain more affordable brands might be a little more powdery than, say, the, the more expensive brands, but I have had right. expensive brands that have been powdery to the point where I felt like an 1800s woman in the bathroom. <laughs> they are super powdery. <laughs> but uh, great things for using these eyeshadows, if you're using highlighters, if you're not into you know, something that's super blinding that you're going to see from space, you might want just a few shades lighter than your foundation color or your skin color. And that'll give you a real realistic looking highlight as if you have, you know, these carved cheekbones. But sometimes you want to look like you came from the 90s and you went to Electric Circus. Mm -hmm. So you can use glitter. <laughs> glitter eyeshadows are great. Shimmery eyeshadows, metallic eyeshadows. All of those are great. 
Wow. Uh, if you Even you mentioned electric circus is like, wow. <laughs> I told I you I'm a 500 a year old vampire. <laughs> I've been around for a while. <laughs> uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, so for contouring, which is the act of adding shadows to your face, I tend to try and keep this one down here a little in the shadows, a little mystery here uh, for my double chin. Uh, I like to also make it look like I'm David Bowie sometimes, so I will try to carve out those and sculpt those cheekbones. Wow. You know, our bone right there. Uh, and for those, you're not going to want something shimmery because shimmer brings light. We're trying to hide things. We're trying to shadow them. So a matte, which is something that is devoid of sh uh, shimmer, glitter, anything that's shimmery that will catch the light, that's not what we want for contour. I mean, you could do it, but it's not going to work in your favor. So you want something matte, which is just no light, no, nothing blinding or eye-catching. It's just the color. And does it matter if it's light or dark, especially in comparison to what you're using with highlight? Uh, you definitely want it to be at least two to three shades darker, and you want something that is cool-toned. Because when we look at shadows... They're, they're black, they're gray, they're not right, orange, right. you know? <laughs> so we want to make sure that, you know, if someone else is looking at us or if we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, we're not going, that's makeup, I know that's makeup, I know your tricks, you didn't trick me at all. We want to trick people with this makeup because that's the fun part, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, this is great. I, I'm, I'm so interested because I'm like, oh, I, I'm not really a fan or at least regularly put on eyeshadow, but uh, all the eyeshadow that I have, I feel like we could be using them in all these different ways. You can even mix them into a lip balm and make like a cool lipstick look. Huh. Like I have used eyeshadows to make body paint for Halloween. I've used eyeshadows. Oh my goodness. I, I owe eyeshadow a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What else can we be using um, or repurposing, repurposing, I guess? Yes. <laughs> when you're shopping like your you, stash uh, moisturizers you can mix that into a foundation and boom you have a tinted moisturizer you don't have to go out and get a bb cream you don't have to go get a tinted moisturizer because that's all it is is a sheared down foundation suspended in a moisturizer so if you got your foundation you got your moisturizer you're good just mm. mix them together try them out you'll get a nice sheer wash of color nice i love it uh, you mm -hmm. talked about blush. Is there anything else? I mean, I, I know that people go out and buy highlight, buy contour, uh, and things like that. Anything else you can use as blush? Uh, you can actually use lipstick for blush, but I would be careful to make sure it's not the long wear lipstick, like a liquid <laughs> lipstick, because then you're probably going to have dots all over your face. And unless you're going for that sort of, I'm going to the AGO look, then that would be great. But you want something that you can kind of massage in like a cream blush almost. So those sheerer lipsticks, those lip tints, those lip balms, your, your, your satiny lipsticks, those can actually work great as cream blushes. And just try it out. Make sure it doesn't stain first. So always check on the inside of your wrist. Put a little bit there. Look at it. Try to wash it off. If it doesn't come off, then you probably shouldn't be putting it on your cheeks. Unless you're, you know, I don't know, going on a 24-hour sojourn into the woods and you needed blush. I don't know. Yeah, when you come out, <laughs> you want to look good. Well, that's it. But it's fascinating when you talk about 
just being aware, aware, you know, like because of the little things, we can get carried away, excited, and trying this kind of thing out, repurposing. Uh, like you say, it's like that professor, let's mix this up and try something exactly. different, which is nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah, be just a be mad careful. scientist. Yeah, just have fun with it. You already paid for it. You might as well see what you can get out of it, right? Like, try different things. And plus, if you're doing it at home, you don't have to walk out the door and be like, look what I did to my face. You can look at your face and go, I didn't like this look, and wash it right off. <laughs> That's right. I have done that myself. <laughs> Do it before you leave the house. Uh, you talked yeah. about expiry dates being an obvious and really crucial reason to actually throw away things. So are there mm -hmm. other reasons? Like, I mean, I'm thinking um, if I don't like the way something feels, especially when it comes to lipstick or mascara has been another one where I'm like, oh, this feels really thick on my eyelashes and mm -hmm. I'm not loving it. Um, things like that, you know, where what would be another reason to be like, maybe it's time to... Uh, drop this well one of the great things is, is especially if it's a newer product that you've just bought a lot of places like sephora uh shoppers drug Mart, i believe also does it you can go and return that makeup and get your money back you do not have to keep it but you can also give it to a friend if maybe it doesn't work for you it might work for them i know i've given makeup away that of course is not expired mm -hmm. uh to people like my my friends my family and they love it everybody's different right so uh mascara that might feel gloopy and too wet on someone might be the perfect mascara for me but checking for expiry dates uh, if it's not something that's brand new um, is really crucial because you do not want bacteria to start growing on it because then you can get acne, mm -hmm. you can get uh, eye infections, you can get styes. It's it's the, the the ugly part of beauty, which is what can happen when things go wrong. Yeah. So always, if it seems like, hey, I've had, like I said, this lipstick since the eighth grade, maybe I'm just going to keep it as a keepsake, put it in my makeup museum, as I call it, <laughs> and it just never goes on my face ever again. <laughs> yeah, and, and understandable, and, and it is something, like you said, be wary, be careful, but have lots of fun. Bella, if people want to ask more questions, talk to you, how, how should they reach out to you? Of course. I have a Instagram at bella.strange.mua, stands for makeup artist. So feel free to write to me. I will answer any questions you need. I love helping people out. And awesome. I love being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on again. And I, I can't wait to see you guys again next month. <laughs> you betcha. And we promise next month there will be none of this happy, well, day for Happy you. February. Thanks a lot. <laughs> we should keep it going. We'll do it anyway. It'll be an inside joke. Yeah, in August. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bella, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a great day, guys. Join Bella Strange on the second Tuesday of the month for, of course, makeup tutorials and tips. And today, full of a lot of that and how to repurpose Rumya. Really cool. Mm -hmm. Always as well, putting in a little bit of skincare into that because, as she said, the ugly side of makeup is if your skin mm. is not happy with the way that uh, the makeup is treating it. Taking another quick break, and coming up after that is our collection segment with Karen McGee. She's going to talk about her collection of children's books. She's got a ton of those. We'll find out more on Kelly and Romeo.
It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. You know, we did say that we're not going to do New Year's resolutions. Okay, I don't think we said it on air yet, but I said I'm not going to do New Year's resolutions. Kelly, you? Uh, no, I never do. Okay, Because great. then people hold you to that stuff. Don't do it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Even if you make them, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but that's uh, right. I wanted to ask, though, is there anything that you might pick up, like a hobby or, you know, look into that collection that you've had and say, oh, I might add to that this year. Any of that? Maybe you spawned upon mostly... reflection? Or do the whole, I think I'll pick that back up. I think mm. I'll get back into the, I think I'll collect more of, you know, like the way you guys do with the reading books. But I know myself as an amateur radio operator, there's been those times where I haven't done a lot of it. I've really been out of it for a while now. But, you know, years where I'd stop, just not do as much and say, I'm going to do more hamming this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, that's right. And the book thing you're talking about is when uh, I've said I'm going to, probably read like x amount of books this year right like one book a month or two books a month or something like that and maybe oh, yeah. read more than what i've read last year but again that sounds maybe. like a resolution it's sounding very resolution well, at least read well, at least read harry potter two or yeah, three more times two or three times right? um a month yeah that that'll make it happen yeah. for sure but the reason why we bring this up is because on kelly and Ramia we have a monthly collection segment and this is on the second tuesday of every month and we explore the things that you're collecting and sometimes the hobbies that you've picked up as well uh, but especially with the con collections we love the sentiments and reasons and memories and stories behind them karen mcgee is our guest for today and she is going to talk to us about her children's book collection karen welcome Hi, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. And you have come on the show before. When we were Kelly and Company on AMI-audio only, uh, you've talked about, I want to say a gazillion, but at least a handful of collections that you already have. So can you remind us of some of those? Oh, I think I've talked about spoons, mm -hmm. my spoon collection. Um, have I talked about the Toby Mug collection? No. Not yet. Great no, take no, notes no, no, for no. next time. Yeah. That's that what is now jotting. Um, Buffy I think I've talked about Buffy Buffy comics. for sure. The retro video it, gaming. Yeah, I can check that off for mentioning Buffy for today. Um, so, yeah, I um, you're making me sound like I may hoard stuff, and no. I'm not saying I hoard stuff. These are valuable for our segments. Yeah, for your segments. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, <laughs> there's that level of just filling content. Well, no, it's a little beyond that. It's valuable because content. It is, because whenever we get talking, and, and even if I think, like, geez, I don't really know if I have much to lend to Buffy, but I think back to when my mother watched it. We had a great conversation yeah. in, in that aspect, just because, and of course, the books, the, you know, just the, the way that people, I find, collect things so fascinating. What are they going to do with it? How are they going to store it? What do you have on tap for us today? So we mentioned children's books. So these are not necessarily picture books for kids. We're talking Nancy Drew and Lucy Mum Montgomery. And we're talking books as old as I can find. So I'm holding up here one of the um, Nancy Drew books, and it's got a silhouette of Nancy Drew with her microscope, and this is the um, the message in the hollow oak. But what's unique about them is I think a lot of people are used to the ones that have the yellow covers that have the picture on them. This is a blue cloth cover, and it smells oh like an old goodness. book. And there's a name for do you wow. know the name for when it smells like an old book? Oh, it's no, Biblios. It's Biblios Mia. And that's the smell of the paper sort of starting to disintegrate. And as I take a sniff, that, but there's that smell, right? You walk in a I library. I love that smell. So do I. So there's nothing like holding a book. 
these books, I used to read them like they were going out of style, whether it was from the library or when I would beg my mother, um, can we buy one when we go to Kmart? They're my favorite Christmas present was books. It's still getting books for Christmas. Um, there are, I have boxes of Nancy Drew books in the basement. And I did look up on eBay what these would sell for, some of them. Um, and so I've got ones that are from 1946 and on. So Nancy Drew started in 1930. Um, there was a pseudonym for the writer. Um, his name, the guy who came up with the ideas was Edward Stratemeyer, and his daughter helped come up with some of the outlines of the books. But they were mostly, they started to be written by a Mildred Worst Baron. And so they started off as a 16-year-old detective. And she actually, they aged her in the 1950s up to 18. So I have two books here. I have one um, that's The Hidden Staircase, and it's one that's from 1946 or past. And I have one of the yellow-covered ones. Same title, same story, totally different writing. The wow. chapters are different. The hmm. um, so What happens, it has the same result at the end. Nancy solves the mystery. I mean, I don't want to spoil any of the books for you, but Nancy always solves the mystery. But I can remember as a kid, like, finding out there was a same story, same book, same title, different story, and that blew my mind. So I, I started to collect the what they call the blue cover ones as opposed to the picture ones. Um, I would read these with my nightlight when I was a child, far later into the night than I was supposed to. Um, I, as I, I sit and listen, I can hear my mother's go, Karen, go to bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm in bed, but lying in front of like the nightlight oh, with yeah. the book open reading. I could devour these books like no tomorrow, and I'd reread them. They're like old friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kel's still like um, old friends. Yeah, Rumi, that's back anything. in the era when they started to come out with don't read in poor lighting. All these people, you know. That's so right. No, no. Uh, I just want to say about the bookstores, by the way, you know, the other smell that's mixed with those places and those pages you were talking about, Karen, is just generally they're in older places. They've been stacked there until people find those nuggets, digging through stuff. So you get the smell of the wood as well that is well-worn, uh, mixed with the book, and it, it has a, a smell unlike any other. I remember when we were at the blind school, um, we would generally read the Hardy Boys, but my dad, when I was a kid, enjoyed reading to me the Nancy Drew series, and uh, you know even up to when they had the, you know the, the the you know the the guys that had the boys they dated that kind of thing as they got a little older and you know it, in the series I don't remember a lot of them I remember the Hidden Staircase one just really in title um, had no recollection of the fact that there were different stories. What I'm trying to remember, because it was such a different era for kid, kids' books, did they have other stories in the books? We would only read the, the Nancy Drew story, but and I, I might be mixing it up, the Alfred Hitchcock Three Investigator series, which is one that my, my dad and I read a lot, uh, and over and over again, Ramya, so there you go. But they had other stories, shorter stories in those. I think the Nancy Drews and Hardy Boys were all just that story that you were reading, right? They were all one, all from the same publisher, Gossip and right. Duncan. I'd have to open the book to look it up, I believe. Um, and they were all written with the same idea, the Hardy Boys, the Bobsy Twins. There was Trixie Belden as part of that as well. I don't remember if Cherry Ames, the student nurse, was part of that series as well, but they were all written by like pseudonyms. There was no real uh, Franklin W. Dixon, I believe, was the Hardy Boy author. Yeah, I've actually got some right. of those. I didn't pull them out of the storage for this. Um, and it's, it's one story book, but it, it's all like um, Nancy and her They're almost like spinoffs, weren't they? Mm. Like not not necessarily connected, but they were Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. I, I, there was some kind of connection between they, the two. They were in the almost same like universe. Almost like they created, right? Okay. Right. I want to say okay. the same universe. I'm using air quotes. Um, yeah. 
the WB is it WB is that still around? One of the networks has put out a yep. um, a series, a Nancy Drew series, and a Hardy Boy series, and they'll like interact occasionally in it. It's much darker, not children's series. I would say no. that they have on. It's no. a I was a little shocked when I watched the first episode, and then immediately. But the '70s else. Hardy Boys were a little like that too, weren't they? A bit darker with um, Sean Cassie or David. I get them uh, mixed up. One of the Cassies, right? One of the Cassies. I can't remember which one. I can remember watching that once in a while too. But the, yeah. they've they've had movies like there was a movie Sean, in the 1940s, the 1940s with the with Nancy Drew. Like they'll catch it on the Turner Classic Movies. Will play it once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a, she was a cultural icon. I mean, it was a young woman doing things like she would go on trips by herself, and which is why they actually aged her in the 50s. Um, aged her up to 18. She started off being 16 because they decided, the publishers decided that 16-year-old girls wouldn't be allowed to drive around the car and go on vacations to places like Scotland and California. Well, then. A roadster. Without a roadster. Yeah. A roadster. She drove in a roadster, right? A roadster. And I guess now there's ones that came out in the 90s where she's got, like, credit cards left, right, and center, and cell phones. and Wow. And uh, But it, it's a classic character that has, you know, followed, started these in the 1930s. And she's still in pop culture today. See, you can't go wrong with that. No, and, and they had to upgrade her, of course, with the times. But you said you were collecting the blue covers. So how many of these do you have? You said boxes and boxes. I would, yeah, I'd say more than 40. And I find them at flea markets. Um, their value, like I said, look on eBay, their value is anywhere from $5 to $45 a book, depending on the year and the condition of it. Mm. Yeah. So, like, some of the ones what I have I fi- are actually... What I find interesting, too, is, of course, I'm a fan of all that old stuff, Mike Hammer and all the detective things like that. But these pe- these characters, because they want to and they do appeal to kids of a certain age, but it's also decade by decade. So you start adding things like you talked about, about the cell phone stuff. and the, But even as I remember reading them, the, they use different terms. The Roadster became just a car and stuff like that as time went on because the books were... As time went on, they knew going to appeal to people uh, when they were written in the 50s, kids in the 60s, 70s, and so on. Right. And, and it's interesting that, you know, as these things were written, and because t- nobody referred to the Roadster by by then, it was it was an out-of-date car. Um, and, and it's really interesting because you would just drop that. It's sort of like when we look at soap operas and suddenly a four-year-old is, is, is 15. It, it, they just adapted, like you said, Karen changing her to 18 and making it more plausible as opposed to, whoa, whoa. Uh, we have to remember that 16-year-olds in the 30s, 20s, now, life was different. And, life. you know, people were driving cars barely with, without licenses. They were just, it was, you, yeah, can you drive a car? Yep, go ahead. <laughs> in the car. She, well, the, when I started reading them with the sort of the yellow books that a lot of people are used to, uh, she was driving a red convertible, and she's the reason that I have always wanted a red convertible. Oh, wow. So uh, any <laughs> other books, uh, other than the Nancy Drews, the Hardy Boys, um, you said Ella Montgomery, you were collecting now, her. Lucy Ma Montgomery, you can't go wrong with Anna Green Gables. Mm-hmm. And I think last year for Christmas, not this past year, but the year before I read one of the Christmas stories, um, my mom got me the love for this. These books used to sit on my grandmother's bookshelf. Um, they belonged, like one of them here. So these are from the ni- late 1930s. One's from 1937. I think it was originally published in the early 30s. I, I don't know if you can see it, but it says to Gilbert, Christmas 1937. That was my great uncle. So these have been passed oh, wow. down to me. Oh, 
wow. um, I for, that, that was my point with hope collecting the Nancy Drew books too. Is I was hoping to have books mm. to pass down to my children. I've never been able to have children. I'm hoping my youngest niece now will have an interest in these. And this one here, which is um, Anne of the Island, that's my mom's sort of grade school signature in there. My mom passed away in 2009. So I treasure this because it mm -hmm. has her signature. And again, they're the cloth covered books with that smell. And there's a little bit of the, the there's the texture, like the edges of the books aren't even. And there's a word for that, which I totally forgot. And I can't remember. Um, deckled, they're deckled edges. So there's a little bit of roughness to them. Um, I also have some that my brother gave me for Christmas one year and my brother was a university student and he found them at a flea market and they're, that is still one of my favorite Christmas gifts. Like ones I didn't have for my collection. Some Lucy yeah. Mama right, yep. books. Yep. Wow. But the old, like not the new ones. Like I've, I've got them in paperback to read when I'm going to be like traveling or something. If I lose them, I don't care. I've got them on my phone. Um, yeah, I guess I'm still a child at heart. Maybe I, I just love to be nostalgic. I think that yeah, the nostalgia is no. And I, talking to you reminds me. I think that's me it, Ramya. Yeah. The nostalgia of the family, too, that have given you, what it or is. you, like in my case, read along with. Because for me, like, I can't, I don't collect books. I've never been able to read, uh, you know, well enough phys with physical books that I was collecting mm. them. But um, my mom has bookshelves and bookshelves and bookshelves of so many books. And she, like, we could have a collection segment with her because she could talk about all the sentimentality uh, that she has with her books and things that she's brought here to Canada from Sri Lanka and gifted books. And um, like you're saying, you know, something that has a signature or a note from someone who's passed away that she's like that's why I love this so it's so beautiful that you keep all these but I'm curious do you know what your oldest book is I, it's got to be it's some of the Lucy Mom Montgomery rounds from the early 30s I really should do a proper inventory every once in a while I like, take pictures just in case anything ever happens to the house um, I mean I know they're not worth like mm -hmm. a whole lot but it's it's and none of them I, there's a couple of the less known books of, of Lucy Mel Montgomery's that are like first edition, but they weren't big sellers. So there's not a lot of, it, it's not about them. As I talk about the money, it's not all about the money for me. Like I said, it's the sentimentality. It's like my mom held this book. My great uncle held this book. Um, and I'm sure like you were saying around me with your mother, I'm sure there's books that she treasures because she read them to you. Yeah. And that was a shared experience that, you know, means a lot going forward. And, you know, it's the sentimentality of, you know, I, I, like I said, I never had kids, but, I would have loved to have been able to pass these on to them. So, like, if anybody wants books, <laughs> I'm sure my husband well, would appreciate me getting some of the boxes out of the house. Getting rid of that. So there's, like, a whole room worth of space left. Um, did you notice that back then there were more of those second releases or whatever that had the differences in the stories in others, like in the, you know, um, Anna Green Gable stuff or any of that content? Or was it primarily the Nancy Drew that of the stuff you've read where you found all those kind of, hey, man, hold on, I read this before, but I don't remember this. It was it was a lot of the books that were started in the 30s where the series sort of continues on that they did the, the rewrites. And there'll be a little note in right. some of the fronts of the books that say this book has been rewritten from the original version. Um, with the Anna Green Gables books, I think what they have done is they've made younger children versions of it. So you can get like, ah, I, I, yes. I don't know if this is for sure, but you can get um, like Anne's first day of school or something like that. I don't know if that's an actual title, but they'll have like little condensed versions, picture books for kids so they can get introduced to the characters at a younger age. I mean, Anna Green Gables is iconic worldwide. Yeah. Um, so they have, I, I, I don't, don't want to say they've been rewritten, but they've been released in a way that is appropriate for kids, like little shortened versions, so that by the time you get to... I mean, I started reading these books probably when I was in grade two or three. 
I love to read, so I read a lot. Um, and younger than that, you get the kids interested in the topic. There's also a Buffy kids book too, just FYI. Sorry, just threw the Buffy back in there. Second Buffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love First it. First day of school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it all in boxes, Karen? Do you have books out? I have some of them out. I take out the ones that were from um, my mom's, like my grand when, from my mom's family. I take those out and make sure I know where they are. Um, right. It's just a matter I don't have a place to put them in our house. I dream of a house someday with built-in bookshelves. Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. You've read too many Nancy Drew books where they have the libraries and stuff in these homes. And there's something hidden behind the bookshelf. <laughs> That's right. That would be my there's dream. a lever, right, that'll swing it out just next to the staircase that swings out with the passageway that goes to there's, the deep There's a house in Morseburg that has one of those. I got a tour well, yeah. of it a couple of Christmases, Christmases ago, and it's a secret passageway behind a bookcase that goes up to the attic. I'm That's not wild. Mm. All right, Karen, so we've taken notes. Uh, that wraps this discussion, but you'll be back because there's still more collections. You mentioned some today. It's the hoarding in me. <laughs> you we know where to find me. Yeah, exactly. We won't call it that on this segment, though. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Why, wow, you'll get that collection going, too. Yeah, exactly. Karen McGee <laughs> joining us for collections and hobbies, in parentheses. We uh, follow all of that here on this second Tuesday of the month segment. And um, it's always nice talking to Karen because she's a oh, bookworm. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's a serious exactly. bookworm. Yeah. We're going to take a break and come back, wrap up the show, find out what's coming up on tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown and on Kelly and Romeo. Lots ahead still, even in the next couple seconds. Whew. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Wrapping up the show here on AMI, this is Kelly and Ramia. I'm Ramia Amuthan, Kelly McDonald over there in London, Ontario. And we love shouting out all these different amazing shows available on AMI. AMI Audio Podcast specifically, there's a ton going on there. The Neutral Zone, which you can check out with Brock Richardson, who we chatted with yesterday, and the gang talking sports. This week, there, uh, the panel is discussing the idea of inclusivity in combining the Paralympic and Olympic Games into one event. Think about that. And the pros and mm -hmm. cons of doing it this way. So I wonder what they got to say about it. You can check it out on the Neutral Zone. Airs Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio, so just a bit earlier today. But of course, if you missed it, you can check out the podcast and the video podcast available on YouTube. Now, speaking of podcasts, you can reflect on Kelly and Rumia by visiting your favorite podcast platform as well and checking out our content. Kelly, any reflections from today that people can check out? Oh, good heavens. You know, I always love collections hobbies because I love learning and hearing about stuff. And especially since it's not something you're into, so it's almost like, well, sell me on it. Tell me about it. Um, but today, I got to relive reading with my dad and all the great stuff in those uh, Nancy Drew books over at the Blind School at W. Ross when the staff would read the Hardy Boys to us. So that was beautiful. But I think today I really want to give a nod to the work that, as usual, our uh, veterinarian brought to the table with some very interesting tips and stories about animals doing really cool uh, agility kind of things, but also thinking things. Just so many very unique stories there. Check that out if you're a, a, an animal fan in any capacity, you'll like that. Yeah. How about for you? 
that was really cool. The um, really cool. The uh, conversation about uh, can't remember what creature she mentioned, but living with beluga whales and just thinking like, oh my god, the unlikely the friends. Yeah. Yes, the narwhals. Yep. Yep. In the water, you know, and she said uh, she's not a biologist per se, but um, <laughs> it's just fascinating thinking about these. And we go through our cat and dog videos pretty often at my house, but it's nice to hear about creatures um, in some other regimes. Uh, also, I really loved our conversation with Bella Strange about... She called it shopping your stash, which is basically repurposing some of these skincare products and the makeup products that you have already at your home because this whole new year, new you thing doesn't necessarily mean that you got to go out and find more things to spend money on. So go mm. through what you own already. Please throw away anything that's expired. <laughs> Take care of your skin and try out yes. some of the cool things you mentioned. Be careful, yeah. but have fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Always a fun time once a month with Bella Strange. Now, um, let's talk about tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv, airing 9 a.m. Eastern time with your host, Dave Brown. One of the producers is Paul Daniel for that show, and he's here to give us a bit of a preview. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rania. On tomorrow's show, as January is Braille Literacy Month, Dave will be speaking with uh, Natalina Martiniello, past president of Braille Literacy Canada, to discuss the state of Braille in 2023, particularly in this digital age. Melina Kasanavichus, our community reporter in Halifax, will discuss the process she's going through right now in training her new guide dog, Hope. What a great name for a mm -hmm. dog. And, contribute, and our contributor, Anna Paula, will discuss the growing urgency of elder care in this, in this country, what it means and how do we go about doing it and ensuring the dignity mm. of wow. those we're, try, we're trying to help. Thank you, Paul. Great preview, and I'm really looking forward to those conversations. Braille Literacy Month, something to celebrate for sure, especially in this mm -hmm. day and age with all the support. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Paul Daniel, one of the producers, as I said, on Now with Dave Brown. You can catch their show at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-TV. Because we got lots coming our way at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, talking about how half of us, 50%, maybe plus, of people are looking for new jobs at the start of the year. That is very interesting. I wonder if it's uh, scary or frustrating or all these other things. But we're going to talk. No, me? I thought you were the half. Well, 50%. <laughs> I thought right? you were the 50%. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. We'll find out oh. which one uh, as we talk to our friends from Robert Half Canada tomorrow. I uh, am really interested. Kevin Shaw is going to join us. Folks can catch him over on Now with Dave Brown as well. But he's going to be talking to us about something that he has been involved in for quite a while, entrepreneurship. Um, he'll tell us a little bit about him. We'll get his story and see how he has evolved his life to be involved in entrepreneurship. Why? And how many of us out there, as we start a series with Kevin discussing this, uh, really learning about how many people, especially in the disability world, turn to entrepreneurship, Ramya. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, so many of us in the day of side gigs have other things going on mm. for us and we're trying to make our moolah. So as people with disabilities, we <laughs> want to know what our advantage is, right? Yeah, you got to find it somewhere, that Absolutely. advantage, right? Kels, we'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday afternoon.
Well, on Monday, we hit the ground running. So it's been a while since we spoke. Let's catch you up. We took four weeks off of the show, concluded. We pre-recorded our Christmas show as the last of the Kelly and Company series. And it worked really well. So pleased with the talent. We were very pleased with our last week of Kelly and Company. Uh, Of course, we were trying to use up vacation days, so a little hit and miss here. But all in all, wow, what a run. Now into the Kelly and Rumya stage of our lives, and meaning television being added to that component. We've said it before. I will say it really brief once more. We plan to keep the same routine as much as possible in the way of what you get on the program. The same feel, the same attitude, the amazing contributors and community reporters, but mostly the inclusiveness of the show having its company, you out there, every contributor, every community reporter, backup co-host, and of course, the main team and those who have joined our team in the control room. Things are amazing in there, by the way. I am looking forward to the day I can watch them do our show from inside the control room. Not really sure how that'll happen or how that would work. I think they'd say it'd have to be in two places at the same time. But those guys really working their tails off and presenting for the TV audience something different and and uh, trying to get us to where we wanted the show to be. I mean, folks, this took a couple of years of planning, putting things together, and some of the things that we wanted, we, we, we just at this time can't get there. And maybe some of you noticed, maybe you don't, because our main goal was to keep the main Kelly and company show as Kelly and Rumya all the same. Changing the name, rebranding the show, and having new toys to play with if we could. Yeah, doing the show from our homes, but having that beautiful space at AMI when one of us is there or one of our contributors or guests want to be in the studio and we can get them in there. Making sure that the control room people had everything possible and state-of-the-art stuff to work with to make Now With Day Brown and our program fantastic. Plus, whatever future plans they do with live programming. Having a live show division now operating. Did it come with frustrations? Oh, sure. During the rehearsal periods, we're told this is the way it normally is new to us. I mean, I've done TV work, but new launching something like this. Um, but we had it from the powers that be, guys. This is normal. You know, we're sorry that's stressful. We're sorry some things happen that can't be avoided. Um, let's just work our way through it all. Had positive dress rehearsals, positive feedback, and really amazing watching it come together, watching us adapt, watching the, the, the control room team grow as they get to know each other and get to rely on each other and work with each other day to day, just like us. That team getting better and better, stronger and stronger, and just really uh, awe-inspiring. And like I say, a wonderful thing to watch. So we move into the chapter. Day one went really well, we felt. I don't really know what our expectation was except to get through the show and be happy with the product and feel that good show feeling. You can't feel that every day. You're never going to have it, no matter how long you're doing it. Every day there's going to be, oh, man, I could have done that better. Oh, I wish that hadn't happened to us. But hopefully to you out there enjoying the program as a podcast, uh, that it feels the same. If you catch us live or one of the repeats on TV or on AMI-audio, which we are blessed to be carried on both, hopefully it feels the same to you and growing and getting better.
Thank you for being with us. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.